your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. If you want to get in here, do so right now. You can do it. Uh, coming up out on the show, Don Wasik from the library, the lacrosse library. And you're like, right away you think, oh, library talk. But it should be a pretty interesting conversation. Not only are we going to talk about, you know, general stuff that the library does, but we're going to talk about banned books, banning books, the process to ban books, and a little bit about what, uh, they're, you know, in, if, you, if you haven't heard, uh, Holman Middle School has a book that some parents want banned. So we're banning books. And have we banned books before at the Lacrosse Public Libraries? I talk about some of that stuff, but uh, other other stuff too that that's going on at the library. They they do some pretty interesting things that eh, you might not know. Oh, really? The library does that? That's cool. I would take my kid in to do that. Definitely. I, I don't know why not. Um, news about John Madden. I just heard it on the 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 national news there. I haven't. So over the weekend, there was a documentary about John Madden, it just, and I didn't even watch it. I just saw like a little clip, and I heard his voice. I was like, oh, I haven't heard John Madden in so long. It was, it was just a little sad. Like I don't often get that way with just national people passing away, and it's, 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 it's weird, and it's a little bit, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember, you know. Uh, but John Madden was a pretty big player of my life. I was kind of like, wow, that's really sad. I uh, don't know how he died yet. I don't. Uh, he was 85, so it's not a not a huge surprise. But it, but it is weird. I've listened to a couple of, of podcasts that I like to listen to in sports, and and just uh, you know, some people my age and older that have experienced John Madden throughout his entire life saw his record as an NFL coach was ridiculous, like 103 and 32 and seven something like that, uh, and he retired at 42. Which is a win nowadays. A 42-year-old gets a head coaching job. That's really young. Uh, but then, obviously, he became a broadcaster. Uh, we still do John Madden lines. Me and my high school friends, uh, college friends, we still do just funny. Just, just talk. Oh, boom. Wow. Oh, tough act. You know, just funny uh, John Madden impressions to each other, uh, even to this day. And, you know, I haven't heard John Madden for, for years. I did hear a, a bit online about him making fun of Troy Aikman's inability to grow a beard. And it just makes you, he's a little bit, uh, so Bob Uecker, we still have these treasures, right? Bob Uecker with the Brewers is a little bit like that, right? Where he just kind of goes off into baseball, a little bit easier to do this because baseball, nothing happens. They throw a pitch every 30 seconds and, you know, only one pitch out of 10 is, is even in action. So Bob Uecker can, can really, dive into the nonsense and you can have fun listening to a brewer game on WKTY because Bob Uecker is there to entertain you the whole time. John Madden is a little harder because football happens every 30 seconds, but also the plays, you almost got to dissect the plays. But John Madden, when you, when you heard him as a, as an announcer would just go off on these tangents and he would fall in love with, with big fat guys. Cause he was an offensive lineman. I believe just a bigger guy. Uh, so he'd fall in love with these these offensive linemen and circle their bellies. Look at the gut on him, you know. If you just remember all this stuff from back in the day, and then obviously he uh, he was the cover, and he still is the cover, not the cover so to speak, but the title uh, Madden Football for all the people that you know 
uh, my whole life has been Madden football since video games. Almost all, you know, since since there was Madden football in like 1989, I've pretty much played every Madden football video game there is. And it sounds funny. I think uh, at some point that stigma will will disappear because when I'm an 80 year old playing video games, that'll be my entire life. Video games will have encompassed my life, and it won't be weird anymore because. Uh, We've all, we'll all have gone our entire lives with video games, but right now I bet older people are like, really, Rick, you're 40 and you've played video games still? That's weird. <laughs> like, no, that's not weird. That's just what, been my whole life. Uh, I think uh, the, the, the same would be said if somebody played checkers, maybe. You play checkers, you're 80 years old, and you're still playing that kid's game checkers. I can't believe it. That's a kid's game, right? That's, that's no longer the case. I played checkers with my 80-year-old neighbor when I was a kid. Uh, anyway, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. We'll get Eric in. Eric's calling. Eric, go ahead. You're on the air, man. I was just ranting about Madden, if you didn't hear. Okay, I, I did. And I, ask, I got two things I want to ask you about. First of all, I want to ask you a question. Please don't cut me off because I have a question after this com- After the question, I have a comment. Um, <laughs> okay. one, of the, one of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is playing again, do you know? The, you're asking me NFL news? You're asking me NFL schedule news, Eric? Yes, come on. I, I give me well. I, go, go, to, go. Move on with your question. I'll look it up. I got a bookmark. Okay. The question. The question is uh, today on a, a TV that Giselle Maxwell got convicted of child crimes on TV, and uh, yeah, she gets years and years in prison. But the thing is, who are her clients? I don't care if it's Donald Trump, Bill Clinton, or anybody. Was I want who her clients are? Because you know the the guy this this uh, yeah dude he got he committed suicide in prison because apparently that that to me it sounds like kind of a Marcy Park scheme for myself personally but uh, I hope she starts spilling the beans on her clients are thank you very much Rick have a good day all right Eric hey Eric what? Buccaneers Jets Fox noon Sunday I thank you very much Rick <laughs> yeah no problem. Uh, <laughs> You got to get NFL schedule talk in there uh, real quick. When when do the teams play? Maybe he's not getting the newspaper. We'll go back to the phones. Joe, is this Joe? Yeah, it is. Hey, Joe, go ahead. Yeah, um, I just wanted to say when uh, Brad Pass was on, I thought he showed his true colors when he threw Derek Van Orden under the bus by asking what he was doing January 6th when he was standing up for democracy and our Constitution and the, the voting fraud that took place. So okay. for him to throw him under the bus, I thought was uh, was pretty, pretty, um, sel- pretty um, not selfish, but just I thought was was just bad. He, so it, it's 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 inappropriate for a political opponent to ask why his political opponent was in restricted areas at the Capitol. Because they're go- because, because politics is garbage now, and we're gonna no, we're gonna die. No, they're investigating. The FBI is going after people on January sixth, and so for him to say, "What was he doing there? What was he? Who was he talking to?" Just mm-hmm. shows his true colors. You don't want to know why people were there. You just want to be ignorant. Yeah, the talking, right? They were listening to to our president. That is still our president. Okay. Um, and they, so they, they weren't. Were they weren't Antifa. Democracy. They were practicing democracy. They were. What were people when they when they burned down buildings for Black Lives Matters? What were they doing? Sixty people were charged in Kenosha for doing that. Sixty people were charged. So uh, there's no this or that. There, there. Those people are getting charged, and these people are getting charged. So there's not like a, a one uh, difference from one to the other. 
Uh, yeah, just uh, I'll put that up. I, did, I guess that happened ten minutes ago. So Eric's Eric's like watching. Eric must be watching TV and listening to Lacrosse Talk PM at the same time to see the the Maxwell case kind of come to fruition here. Uh, I'll, I'll get that up after the show. Um, yeah, it, the the iron. I, I don't know. Just that's a little beyond me. I'm not deep diving into the Epstein sex abuse case, but it is. It is awful, and if if more news comes from it, and maybe we need we demand who was on the island and who's in the black book, right? We need to know all that stuff for sure. Uh, if they're all implicated, um, all right. I'm going to bring on. Uh, we're going to talk library. We're going to talk banned books when we come back. All right, welcome back to the Cross Talk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the text line. If you want to text in, you got questions. Don Wasik is on with me. She's the deputy director at the Lacrosse Public Library. She's been a librarian for 20 years, the last six years in Lacrosse. And are you in, are you in the main public library on Main Street, Dawn? That is where you will usually find me, yes. All right, and we want I brought you on today to talk about this Epstein-Maxwell case. Finally, right? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually brought you, I, I want to have a conversation about uh, with, with the Holman Middle School and some parents and the school board looking to ban a certain book. I wanted to have a conversation about what the, the, the public library does there. But before, before we dive into that conversation, um, and, you know, we're, we're coming up on the end of the year and is there, you know, the, the things that the library sees over the past year, I, I don't know, is there really just a, a couple of books that have been, I, 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 do we call it flying off the shelves? Because when they fly off the shelves, I feel like you got to bring them back at some point to the library. So I don't <laughs> you know. You do have but, to maybe, eventually bring them back. Yeah, yeah. right. Maybe uh, the, the, yeah, you know, we do have some pretty popular items. Um, always, always uh, some areas that are popular are anything about politics, of course, in the nonfiction. Um and do-it-yourself, home decorating, baking, cooking, all those kinds of things are really popular. But those are not the popular ones that I read. Um, I recently read The Final Girl Support Group, which is a horror novel, and I, didn't, I wasn't sure I'd like horror. I like more of that kind of gothic fantasy. But it was uh, really kind of fun. It's, the premise is that the last girl alive in all of the old slasher movies they all get together and they form a support group. Uh, and then, of course, their support group is targeted, and they don't know who will survive. So that one was kind of fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, that sounds crazy. I, I want to ask you more questions about it, but then that spoiler. Like that's, I do movie right, reviews yeah. all the time, and I say, spoiler alert, we're, don't talk about this. But, um, yeah, like is Dune, like I've talked about the movie Dune, does Dune, is Dune hard to get because... I think I've even tried to get it on audio, uh, whatever, uh, not CD, but audio. Um, Dune, because that that new movie on HBO has come out. I I imagine there's 50 people in line to get that old book. Yeah, I should check and see uh, what our hold list looks like for that one. Um, Right now, the other one that's uh, popular because of being on, I think, HBO Max is Station Eleven, which was our regional read a couple of years back. But that one is uh, more of a sci-fi um, set in a future, oh, well, really? near future with a pandemic. I have um, HBO Max. I don't know what, about this. This is all new information. I'll have to look yeah, this up. I know what I'm doing this weekend. 
Yeah, um, good. And and then uh, you know, just you talk about you said pol- po- so politics books are just really like any new pol- political book is flying off the shelf. Yeah. Or are you talking like old yeah, books? Yeah, one that of are just- our top. Um, I can't remember what the exact numbers are, but our um, collection management department, our manager up there, did just a poll to see you know which areas of the library get the most action, um, and the political section is is one that was in the top five. I hope it's like the political section, but like maybe the civic section of politics so people can read about how politics works as opposed to, uh, you know, the books about Trump or something like that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I think that it might be a combo. Maybe I'm maybe you really could sure, yeah. maybe you could just, you know, place, you know, if there's a Donald Trump, uh, you know, the revealing of Donald Trump's presidency book, maybe next to that put like a civics book and just, you know, maybe, oh, maybe uh, accidentally... We'll check that civics book out as well to see how Maybe. government's supposed to work. Yeah, there's one, actually, there's one that's got um, a bunch of holds called Reclaiming Patriotism in an Age of Extremes. So. Okay, well, that doesn't sound like the worst thing. That almost sounds yeah. like, you know, it a little bit. could be reasonable, right? Right, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's, uh, um, and then uh, just new books coming out. Did you have, like, just really, yeah. hey, these are, these are ones that everyone's going to want? Yeah, um, there are a few. There's... So I'm going to talk a little bit about some that are currently or coming out. Uh, Louise Erdrich's new one, The Sentence, is new and is available and is really good. Um, set in a bookstore in Minneapolis that has been haunted by the store's uh, worst customer, most annoying customer. And so the uh, the cashier who works at the bookstore has to try to solve this ghost mystery. Um, so that one's been really popular and we're excited uh, about any time Louise Erdrich puts out a new book. Yeah. Um, for people who like those kind of gothic fantasies or retellings of old fairy tales, there's uh, the Wayward Children series has a new book coming out called Where the Drowned Girls Go. Um, that one's supposed to be really great. I feel like we're just else. getting we're, we're getting these dark like fantasy. Is this just yeah, stuff you're a into? Too much. Too much <laughs> of mine. Yeah, maybe so. Those are the ones that are on my list too. Um, well, let's see. Uh, Stunt Boy in the meantime is a new one by Jason Reynolds, who came and visited the library a couple of years ago, and then got incredibly famous, and we can't afford him anymore. Oh wow! <laughs> but uh, he wrote a a graphic novel for kids, and it's about a boy who has kind of general anxiety, and he creates this alter ego for himself that he calls Stunt Boy, and that one was really fun. Uh, let's that... see, Amanda Gorman, who did the inauguration, uh, the Poet Laureate, uh, has a new book out, another one that's going to be really popular. How often does that happen, though, where, where somebody comes to the library, you know, it does maybe a book signing or whatever, and then yeah. and then that, they go big time, and you're like, well, they see you later. Up. Yeah. It, not often. Uh, the only other time I've had it happen was Cuckoo Kangaroo, which I don't know if you can say they blew up, but for a certain audience, they're incredibly popular now, and we can no longer afford them either. We're speaking with Don Wasek. She's the deputy director at the library. She's been doing that the last six years. She's been a librarian for 20 years. We're going to get into uh, some of this book banning stuff, but I just wanted to generally talk about what the lacrosse library does. You, you lost a lot of people. I don't know if it was a lot, maybe. I, I think like 11 full-time people, not or, or the, what would amount to 11 full-time people during the pandemic. And you're starting. Have you gotten all those people back? or Is the library back to quote-unquote normal? No, sadly not. Um, we got... Uh, we, we're going to be up to about five and a half of those positions back. So we have, um, we'll be doing some hiring in the new year. We got a little bit of funding uh, based on that ARPA funding that came down to the city 
to replace lost positions. Uh, so that is good news for us. And, you know, we did a lot of restructuring in order to keep the doors open with uh, a loss of, you know, what comes out to quite a few work hours, that 11 full-time people times 40. I let everybody else do the math. Yeah, for uh, sure. I was an English major. But um, it, did, it was a, a big hit, you know, and so we're starting to kind of roll back up slowly um, while still trying to maintain safety and all those things. Now, I got two questions before we take a break, and then we can, when we come back, we'll get into this deeper stuff. But um, sure. first of all, we have the big box, big box bookstores, right? Like, is that mm-hmm. the way to say the box store, bookstore? Um, sure. Uh, when they get new, when they get brand new books, you know, if you walk in the, the, the table that's right there, they have the, the newest, you know, best-selling New York Times, whatever. Um, how, how fast is the lacrosse library getting those same books? I mean, is it just at the same time? Ooh, good question. Yes, I would say normally it's at the same time. Some of our staffing hits were in the department that processes those, though. So while Barnes & Noble can just unbox them and put them up on the cart, we're putting Mylar covers on and stickers and all of those things um, and cataloging them so you can find them. Uh, so it's a little bit... It takes us a little bit longer normally. We're a little behind because of those staffing cuts. But in general, I will say, we get new books when Barnes & Noble gets new books. And then when um, those, and then when those yeah. new books come out, I, obviously I can go reserve the book online. And when it's available to me, if, can I reserve a book that hasn't come out yet? Yeah, absolutely. As long as we have placed the order for the material, which we do that usually, you know, two to three months in advance of new things coming out, you can go in and place a hold for that title. All right. And beyond books, I know the library has, uh, I don't know if you have Blu-rays, but you have DVDs. I know you have a ton of DVDs. Do you have Blu-rays? We do have Blu-rays. You do have yeah, Blu-rays we now, have both. too. Um, and we still then, have uh, CDs. If you have a CD player, you can still listen to those. Yeah, books on CD. I'm still doing that once in a while. I'm still doing that. Yeah. And then uh, I, I, doubt, uh, yeah. I doubt you have books on tape, literal tape. Like not. We don't, but we have a new thing called Playaways where you just plug a headphones into it and push play, and those are kind of handy. Oh, that's cool. So it's just like a little electronic device? Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you, can I take that? I could take that with You can, yeah. You okay. come borrow it. Interesting. All right, so yeah. it's like almost like a mini iPod, like back in the day. Yeah, when people kind of. Had it's iPod. just got one book on it. You know, it's whatever yeah. that book is, and you just plug in and listen, and, and then you're done. All right, and then... Um, Beyond that, though, and the, do you have video games? I can't. I was just talking we about. We do. Them. We have Switch, uh, PlayStation Four. We've got Xbox. We okay. have one other that I'm going to forget now because we're talking about it. But yeah, we have four different platforms. Um, not a ton of games, but some of the other libraries have them too. So we try to balance each other out, and you can place holds on those as well. Yeah, and you place holds, and if it's in Toma or whatever, I don't know wherever the library is. Eventually, they can bring it to Lacrosse, and and you can. Yeah, get it. it just goes on the van and comes over here and waits for you to come pick it up. Yeah, and then um, we were talking about this before the show, but you have other weird stuff like newspapers in the library. But no, I'm just kidding. Um, you have <laughs> you have, but you do have newspapers, right? If I wanted to go yeah. read the daily, what? Like New York Times, do you have all the big ones? Yeah, we have we have some of the big ones, and then you know the local papers. Yeah, um, and then we have you know some of the weird stuff. We have American Girl dolls. You can check out an American Girl doll and write in her journal. Um, you can check out kits for different hobbies. There's a Lego kit for those extreme Lego builders. I think it's um, the Eiffel Tower, maybe, or um, some of those kind of more advanced. Things. Oh, that's cool. So I can, well, what are the odds someone takes home a Lego kit or do you have to keep it there? You do, you can bring it home. Oh, you can. What are the odds someone yeah. takes that and then there's missing like 30 pieces that I step on yeah. later? 
I mean, <laughs> I mean that happens. Right. It's in somebody's vacuum right now. Um, it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're supposed to count it, but the Lego kit has 1,210 pieces. Yeah. So... Well, it's a good lesson. The A, the kid can can build the Eiffel Tower, so that's you know working his creativeness and following directions. Right. And then B, he's working on he or she's working on counting when they're done. Count yeah. all thousand pieces. Look at those counting skills. Yeah. But yeah, and that's, you were saying there were like oh, cooking kits and, and memory loss. Uh, like, what are the, some of the other things? Yeah, there's a there's memory kits. So we do a lot of work with um, some of our senior housing or um, some of the residential homes for seniors, and so we have these memory kits that are kind of. There's some that are music-based. There's some that are pet-based. Um, there's a sensory one. There's one that's a, like a therapy cat. It's basically a stuffed cat that purrs. Um, there's one where people can record their family history and then send it to other family members. So lots of neat ways to engage with family who might be far away or might be dealing with some issues. Okay, yeah, that's that's awesome. So it's all these things like... We I learned this uh, we learned this a couple of weeks ago with Wafer Food Pantry. Hey, you got they did do more than just give food away. There's a whole bunch of other things. The library too. They do more than just give books away. Absolutely. Um, all right, that's Don Wasik. She's the deputy director at the Lacrosse Maine Public Library. There, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. Scott's got to do the news. Brad, no, Scott's got to do his comment. Brad's got to do the news. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If anyone has library questions, I feel like anyone that goes to the library probably always has a question. Uh, I know I do. I'm embarrassed sometimes to have to ask it because it's like I've been to libraries before. I know how this works. And then you get in there and I'm like, I don't know. Um, But but that's kind of why you guys are there, right? We're talking with Dawn Wasek. She's the uh, deputy director at the Lacrosse Main Public Library. I say Main Public Library. That's where you're at, but you're the deputy director of the Lacrosse Library System. Yeah, that's correct. Um, Yep. Yeah, the 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 people that are you can you kind of spot these after 20 years of doing this? Like, oh, yep, that person's wandering, and they don't. They're too embarrassed to ask a question. Uh, I'm just going to go ask them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a little bit forward about that kind of thing of um especially with kids because sometimes kids are really intimidated by librarians. They don't want to come ask. So, I'll hunt them down. What can I what can I help you find? What are you looking for? What books do you like to read? Let's see what we can find. Um do you like and Legos? I'm reminding them they can check out a hundred books at a time is always fun. Oh yeah. And uh and a thousand piece uh, Eiffel Tower Lego kit. Yeah, right. So many Legos. Um, all right, so originally I contacted you because I watched a two-hour. I didn't watch it all because I don't it, like a like a ten thousand page book. I'm probably not going to finish it unless someone reads it to me. But uh, the the Holman School Board had a public comment session a couple of weeks ago, and it was about this book called no, I lo- uh, "It's Perfectly Normal." The Holman Middle School has this book in their library, and uh, you know if you look at some of the pictures, it's uh, I don't know. This is is this a book you guys have, and can you can you describe? Have you looked over at this? Have you looked at this book, Don? Yeah, um, we do have it, and I have looked at it. In fact, I've checked it out for my kids because there's such good information in there about human bodies and um, things that are explained in a way that kids can really understand. Yeah, and, and the the pictures are a little different, right? Like, I don't know if they're different, but you're at some point. Some people might be uncomfortable with maybe what the is. It, is it more the pictures or what is written in the book that that might be might make some parents uneasy that their middle schooler is reading this? Yeah, you know, I guess it really depends on the family as far as what part might be more uncomfortable. There's definitely uh, some sensitive material in there, right? It talks about. Um, 
talking about sexual abuse. It talks about um, gender-neutral vocabulary, LGBTQIA topics. Um, there are things in there that not every family is super versed in, even the adults. And so um, for some folks, that's great, right, because they're going to go, I don't know enough, I'm going to read this with my kid, and we're going to talk about it and learn about it together. And for others, they might feel like their child isn't ready for that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, at the at the public library here, do you have any books that are that that, that you ban? No. Well, I, what I should say is we haven't had much in the way of challenges in the last few years or requests that we reconsider materials. Um, what we what we do want is for people to talk to us if they're concerned about something that we've got on our shelves. But the public library sits a little differently than a school library because we're supposed to be for the entire public, right? Everybody in the community should find something here, and there might be something here that is concerning for lots of different members of the community. Um, so we really we really leave that up to the individual person or the individual family to decide what's right for them. Now, you, you have taken books off the shelf. You probably do that every year, but it's not so much, quote-unquote, banning a book, right? Yeah, so there's a, you know, a process we go through where we look at how popular an item has been and whether there are other things that fit that need for our community, and we'll discard items after a certain amount of time if they're just not circulating. Um, circulating is what we call it when we check things out. I don't want to use jargon. Um, but, Does, yeah, so we will, of course, let go of things or if they've gotten really worn out or, like, the Lego kit comes back and it's missing 600 pieces, we might let that go. Um, yeah, what's the uh, stipulation on Lego pieces missing before you can't, you got you to, gotta, you know, what, give it to uh, somebody that's selling a rummage sale? Hey, missing pieces. Yeah. Yeah, I think with the Lego kit, the handy thing is we have a Lego club that runs, and so uh, we would just add it to our Lego base. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, put it in the know, box of Lego. pieces, yeah. But other things, yes, we'll sell them at our friend's book sale, and that money goes in and funds all of our programming that we do for the public. Uh, so it, it's a win for us, even if we're letting go of materials. We're speaking with Dawn Wasek. She's the deputy director at the Lacrosse Library. Been doing that six years. Been a librarian for 20 years. Um in, in banning books in general, how much uh, you know? How much do you read? Do you research? Do you think about this stuff? Yeah, being a librarian, uh, quite a bit. You know, intellectual freedom is one of those core tenets of librarianship. The idea that every person has the right to decide for themselves what they want to read. Um, so it's something that we talk about a lot in the profession, and then also as we're looking at what books we select for our library and purchase for our library, we want to make sure that we're meeting the needs of a pretty diverse clientele. You know, we serve zero to uh, as old as any of our community members might get, and we also serve, you know, a wide range of folks from different backgrounds, different walks of life. So we want to make sure that we have things that they can see themselves reflected and also that they can learn about their neighbors and maybe build some empathy. What do you do with books like, if we do, I think most people can relate to having read this book. Uh, Huck Finn is a, is a book that's got the N-word in it quite a bit. Uh, when I was growing up, I you know I probably didn't read it in, in whatever grade I was in. I probably cheated. but uh, it, it, And I probably didn't understand 
that use of that word as as a kid growing up in Greenville, Wisconsin, or Hortonville, Wisconsin, uh, just beyond me until later in life when I look back and I go, wow, that book has the N-word in it, and it should it be something that kids in school should read? I guess, what are, maybe, what is the library's thoughts? What are your thoughts on a book like that? Yeah, so I think, you know, there are ways to look at materials and say, is there value in this despite having some harmful language in it? Um, for Huck Finn, that's available in a wide range of places and locations. The library um, has a couple different versions of it. You know, they have like a, a children's version versus an, uh, one that's kept in the adult section. Um, but, you know, one of the things we do is we'll put shelf markers. So there are little tags that say, um, for example, with our Little House on the Prairie books, which show Indigenous people uh, in a fairly racist light in a lot of the, her books. We'll put a little tag there that says, have you tried Louise Erdrich's series, The Birchbark House? Same time period, but told from an Indigenous viewpoint. So, you know, with Huck Finn, that one's a little trickier, but really, there's not many kids looking for Huck Finn. So it's in the adult section, because that's who's looking for it. Mm-hmm. And we have it available. People can get it. Kids could get it if they wanted. But really, children generally kind of self-select. And so they're going to look at that, and the language is old-fashioned, and it's a little trickier to read, and it's about a topic that's kind of slow-moving in that story. Yeah. So, you know, we're not going to see a lot of kids that are, like, clamoring to get it. Uh, Usually it's somebody who's either teaching it or talking about the language and the racism in the story. Is it one of those books that you talk about circulation? If nobody checks out Huck Finn after so many years, even though it's something we all grew up having to read at some point, you know, if, at some point nobody, I don't know if they're still reading Huck Finn in school, probably not. Um, will that come off because of circulation? Yeah, you know, it could. Um, a lot of libraries do keep like a classics section. We don't have a section just for classics anymore, but um, some libraries will hang on to those things because they're classics. And others say, you know what, we don't have room, and we aren't necessarily a depository for every book that was ever written. Yeah. If people in our community aren't that interested in this anymore, we'll put a book on the shelf instead that people are interested in. Now, you were talking to me uh, earlier off the air about uh, the Anarchist Cookbook. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about this, but uh, is that a book the library has? And it, it's, a, it's about making bombs, essentially? Yeah. Um, it's You know, that's one that... We had talked about in library school um, as, like, the um, essential book to talk about when you're talking about should every book be available to the public. We don't have that book in any of our libraries. I don't even know if it's in print anymore at this mm-hmm. point. Um, but certainly, you know, we have the Internet. So <laughs> if somebody really wanted that information, that information is out there for them to look for. Um, and we do believe that... Uh, people have the right to learn about things, and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to commit a crime. So um, you might be really into murder podcasts, but it doesn't mean that you're researching to become a murderer. Now you talked about, uh, was it Little House in the Prairie, right? Laura Ingalls Wilder, is that her name? Yeah, that's great. Uh, some of those books. Uh, we, we see this a lot, right? We, we saw this, uh, you know, lately it's, it's Big Bird getting a vaccine, but we, we see like children's books uh, you know, taking over the media stream for a week or two. Uh, Dr. Yeah. Seuss was one of those books. That we, uh, what, is, what are your thoughts on Dr. Seuss and, and that whole, uh, what I call a hubbubaloo about a, a, Do- a Dr. Seuss book that was pretty controversial? 
Yeah, you know, it's funny because uh, it's not even a really good Dr. Seuss book. The one, the one that everybody was really upset about. Um, it's not one of his most popular ones. And it had a really racist depiction of a Chinese character. And so, I don't know, that one, it didn't bother me that much that they decided, you know, we're not going to keep printing this. We don't need to. Um, some of his other books are better, and we have those. They can come get them anytime. Uh, we see a lot of, you know, another one that really um, has hit the number one on the most often challenged uh, lists is uh, it's now going by the title Melissa's Story by Alex Gino, but it was originally published as George. And it's about a kid who is discovering her gender and what, you know, what that means to her. And it's interesting to me that the kids who need it find it. Um, the ones for whom that's not going to be something that affects them deeply probably aren't that interested in that book. Yeah, at this Holman Middle School, well, Holman School Board meeting, uh, a lot of, uh, not a lot, but some of the parents came up, they were talking about, you know, and the, and the whole meeting seemed to be about banning a certain book uh, called It's Perfectly Normal. But some of the parents were like, well, my kid tells me everything. So, and then kind of go on about how they, they, you know, don't want their kids seeing this book because in their kid. T- I was, I kind of had to laugh because I feel like, no, your kids aren't telling you everything. You might think that, but no kid is telling their parents everything. And, um, and it's and it, I don't know. What are your opinions on having books like that available in school? It's a little bit different than the library, right? Yeah, you know, the school has a different um, mission, I guess, essentially than the public library does. Even though we're both focused on literacy and access and all of those things, and I think if you talk to school librarians, you're going to find that they are just as against censorship as we are at the public library. Um, They've gone to school for a long time. They're really, really good at what they do when they select materials that are age-appropriate for their students. Um, So I want to make sure I say that because I really do respect the work they're doing in making a collection that's appropriate for the ages they serve. Um, But, yeah, we don't have the same kind of level of scrutiny, maybe, and also we we aren't acting as parents. If a parent doesn't like something that's in the public library, they should be coming with their child, right? They should be developing that conversation at home about what's appropriate for them to check out. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, we go another old reference, a a movie a rental place, a blockbuster, if you will. There's a, there used to be an adult section there. So if your kid wandered over to the adult section, uh, that's on you. But in a, yeah. in a in a school library, the the kids kind of got free reign to go where they want. So, uh, but but also, you know what? As a kid, I'm not going to ask my parents every single question I have about anatomy, sex, uh, transgender, any of that stuff that I have questions about. Maybe I would get that from a book. Right, and maybe the book just kind of helps you find the language. So when you do want to talk to your parents, you're a little more prepared. Um, also, I'd rather my kids get it from a book than from their friends because I have heard their friends talking. <laughs> they do not know what they're talking about. All right, I'm getting a text from Kevin, and I'm not. I, 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 I it's hard to talk and read at the same time. So, Don, sure. just bear with me. I'll, uh, and he's got a question for you. I think uh, he said, just to get this right, you. I think he's talking about you, Don. Uh, not you per se, but the library. You will censor some books based upon your opinion. Um. And then he says Seahawks fan or The Little House on the Prairie, but not books like the way that we, but not other books like The Way We Are, so to speak. Does that make sense? Do you want me to read it again? 
Um, no, I think I got okay. it. And no, I, you know, I don't censor. We still have Little House on the Prairie on our shelf. Yeah. Um, what we do is offer other alternatives. So if somebody said, you know what, my kid read this and it has this language that's really disparaging. Is there something I can share them that they would like because it's a historical fiction, it's from this time period? Yes, here's another one that I would offer and say, you might like this too, and it'll give you a different perspective because I'm all about a broader perspective, not a narrower one. Yeah, it's almost like if you're into this book, you're also going to be into this book. It's a suggestion, so to speak, but it's also like a a suggestion. And uh, you know what? This might be a little bit more accurate, so to speak, when when we're talking about uh, something where where times have changed. We're not, you know, like I guess we got to keep moving forward. Absolutely. Uh, We're speaking with Dawn Wasek. She's the deputy director at the Lacrosse Library. I've been doing this for 20 years, been doing deputy director work for the last six years. Um, You know, some of the, uh, you know, we talked about Huck Finn and, and, uh, the Anarchist Cookbook, which is kind of a free... You, you mentioned to me uh, the freedom to read or, or something. You mentioned that to me yesterday. Is that just... Is, that's kind of based on the same thing, the, the idea that every book is available? Yeah, the freedom to read is... So there's a, a thing called the American Library Association. It's kind of like the professional uh, group that the that librarians look to to help us when we're talking about policies and what what we want libraries to be in our communities. So the freedom to read is basically that it's in the public interest to have the widest diversity of views and expressions, including those that might be unorthodox or unpopular or even considered dangerous by some people. So um, that includes things that some people might think is inappropriate for themselves. That's fine. They don't have to read those. They don't have to check them out. Um, we don't have to endorse every idea or every uh, piece of literature that we put out. It doesn't necessarily reflect my political moral views just because it's on our shelf. I didn't you know, even kind get... of going back to that person's point. All right, we're just trying to wrap up here. I didn't even get to uh, the picture book you said you you, uh, you you talked to me about yesterday, your first library job, something about a frog <laughs> over the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a naked cowboy who had a frog strategically placed. And it was challenged for being making the small children in the classroom giggle too much. So yeah, you as a new librarian had to uh, had to overcome the, the this picture book where a frog was in place of all the private parts, right? And Correct. that was that was hard to do with uh, with kids giggling all the time. Yeah, absolutely. What was that book called? Do you remember? I don't remember the name of it. I should have looked this up before we talked again. No, that's all right. Um, Don, I really appreciate you coming on with me and spending some time and, and talking about everything the, the library is doing and, and just banning books in general. Thanks a lot. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. That was Don Wasek, Lacrosse Public Library. we got to take one more break. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. A couple of minutes left here in the show. Appreciate Dawn coming on and talking about some of the things they do at the library. The process the lacrosse library has for banning or not banning books, I should say, because they don't really ban books there. Uh, they don't have the anarchist cookbook, so if anyone wants to make some bombs, you'll have to look that up on your own. It's kind of a weird. Uh, a little weird. A little weird. Um, Bi-state wrestling is going on today and tomorrow. 70 schools from all over Wisconsin, Minnesota. If you want to watch the Bi-State Wrestling matches, Bi-State, B-I-State Classic.com. You can just you go on there, watch whatever you want. 
a lot of matches going on tomorrow. So the show tomorrow won't be streaming because we're going to have Bi-State streaming, so it's going to take over. So if anyone listens to this on the Wisdom app or online, wisdomnews.com, if you click like listen now, that won't work tomorrow. So just get 92.3 ready or 1410 AM ready. 